0: Yeah. afternoon classes, four thirty or six fifteen classes which I teach. These are people often who are coming from the office. They're coming from work, right? Mm-hmm. Work, 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 probably screen, 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 especially these days. And they show up and they're just they're a little bit frazzled. And so I feel like, okay, I gotta teach a yoga class. It's gotta be a good vinyasa class, which yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still get a bigger picture of I have the privilege of taking this person who's probably a little bit, you know, jittery. Mm-hmm. And I get to detune them and soften them so that when they go to their family they have a better experience with their family because they've had a better experience with themselves. Yeah. And that's that's why I love doing what I do.
1: Hi guys. This podcast explores the importance of our connection, well-being and mental health. To reason with someone is to motivate them to do or accept topics, ideas and issues through discussion and having conversations. This podcast is for those that want to raise their awareness, change their perspective or just have a good time. My vision is to help people find reason to live, to grow, and to understand. I do that through this podcast, as well as counselling individuals that want to help themselves. No, no, no. No, he needs to know. I just think he's going to talk, and it's going to make a lot of sense. Hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't back. One man. One podcast. Three, two, one. Reason With Me podcast, episode 14. It's time! Welcome back to the podcast. I would like to start by introducing today the guest that I'm having. His name is Troy. Troy wandered into a yoga class at the gym when a friend recommended it for surfing and snowboarding, which his life revolves around. Troy felt incredibly high as he floated out, and that's when he realized he was hooked. In 2008, he decided to teach and reconnected with an old family friend who became his teacher, Baron Baptiste. Troy trained and traveled and mentored with him for three years while teaching and serving as the director of teachers for his Boston studios in the U.S. before coming to Australia in 2010 after having met Duncan P. Duncan Peake is the founder of Power Living Australia. Since then, Troy has taught at Power Living with the focus always staying the same. Troy likes to keep people moving, breathing, and feeling better. Troy teaches with an emphasis on flow and creating art with the canvas that is the body. And he always aims to have his class accessible to anybody. Troy, thanks so much for coming. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. I um I'm super keen to talk about this 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 subject and and talk to you, but let's crack straight in. Um, I guess I want to know who the hell are you and what do
0: you do? Who the hell am I and what do I do? Um, okay, well I'll, I'll try to give the, the one minute version. So my uh, my name is Troy Abraham. I'm originally from California. Started practicing yoga about. 15 years uh, as on the recommendation of a friend who said dude you gotta try it sick for surfing and snowboarding I was an avid snowboarder and surfer went into my first class and literally just left feeling high so that um, spawned a, a love of the practice for the first few years it was um, a lot of home practice one day you know one day week class I didn't really know about styles etc uh, when I was 25 I guess after kind of like a quarter life crisis you could call it um, decided I was sick of doing what I was doing and mm-hmm. the opportunity of teaching presented itself. And I thought, yeah, I could do this. Had an epiphany, um, found my teacher and basically the next three years was traveling, mentoring with him, teaching. Um, His name is Baron Baptiste. He's a teacher in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I ran his studios in um, Boston in 2009, 10, I guess it would have been. And then late 2010 moved to Australia. And I've been here ever since off and on, mostly working for um, Power Living and a couple of the studios. But um, yeah, it kind of brings us up to speed, I guess. Yeah. What do I do? teach yoga, I suppose. But really what, what I see it as is, um, you know, I get the, the fortune of having a collective group of people and their captive audience for an hour with no phones, with nobody bothering them. So it's, it's pretty cool that there's kind of a bit of, I guess, intrinsic and uh, implicit energy work that gets done and breath work. You know, I really like getting people together, breathing mm. them and bringing them into a, um, a flow state and a meditative place. So that's mm. short version.
1: No, I like that. I think yeah. it's, um, it gives me a pretty good idea. So how many years would that be in total then you've been doing, doing yoga? I've
0: been teaching, uh, I've been practicing for 15 years. I've been teaching for 12, yeah, 12 years.
1: Okay. Awesome.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, yeah, I like that. I like to already like the, what you said is sort of bring people together and it's sort of holding the space for people um, for the most part. And um, I think what I really like about, I've been, a few of your classes, Troy, I really like. Um, you make it really fun. You make it um, like an enjoyable yeah. space. Like you guys are here with me for an hour. Let's let's have a good time. And I really like that as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I think the the example I always try to I, I say it sometimes, and I like to remind people is that you know yoga is a discipline, and there's work definitely. Like it it takes practice. But what I've seen is that a lot of people can get uh, you know a, a bias towards being super strict and super hard on themselves. And to a degree, it's good. But I just feel like you know um, there's enough of that in the world. So I feel like my role I'm a pretty mellow, relaxed person, and I, you know I, I work here in Sydney, and we have a lot of people who are very sh- go go and stressed, so I feel like my role is is partially just to chill people out, and so I want to have a quality of levity. I want people to have uh, you know a joy about the work they 're doing and This is kind of a, a thing that that kept me in yoga versus um, you know i don 't know gym work or something like that like, I, I like go to the gym occasionally, but thing about gym is a lot of people who, you know, they're stressed, 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 and they go to the gym and it's like, I'm going to do something because I know it's good for me, but I'm going to disconnect from it. It's just like, oh, this sucks, but I got to do it. And mm-hmm. then afterwards, like, oh, I'm so sore, I went to the gym, but I feel good because I did something. But I thought, you know, why, well, why does it have to be either or? I like a, an and mentality. Because if you work hard in yoga, you'll get the benefits. Mm-hmm. But you can also enjoy, you know, the working part. You can enjoy the noticing where you're not flexible where you're not strong and the whole journey so that, that's what I aim to facilitate is you know I'm glad you feel that because that's what yeah. I thought I want
1: that's the point yeah <laughs> cool um so I guess we're Troy obviously you've been you've been doing it for a really long time and um like you said you know you you, you get a lot out of holding that space with people and, and bringing people into into breath together in in unison and I guess yeah, doing that, doing that for so many years and, and I guess holding that energy for so many people, um, where, where do you, I guess, pull your strength from in order to do the work that you do and be able to continue to do that and hold, mm. um, yourself in, in, in that day in and day out and that practice and that lifestyle.
0: Yeah. Um, it's a great question, you know, and it it's it very, it's definitely varied over the years. I think, when I started, I just had so much energy and I was just so excited um, that I was just, you know, stoked to share and just running around and sharing as much as I could. Um, you know, later on, what it is, is just it's coming back to my own practice and coming back to making sure that I'm doing the work. Um, much more in the meditative world, it's much more mind mind work now. You know, I, I as a teacher personally, I... I'm not the, the teacher that goes into getting everybody into super flexy positions. You know, I think that flexibility is, is great. Mobility is better. And the difference being that, you know, if you can actively reach your arm behind you to grab something versus having somebody else take it, that's what I want. I, I think people get lost in kind of the, the achievement of one thing and they get a one track mind. So for me, I, I, I like to practice enough. I do some, um, some strength and mobility work as well intermingled with my classes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the meditative aspect, you know, meditation has really brought a peace of mind. And it's, mm. if I have a day where, I, where I, when I miss it, you know, it's, I wish I could say I'm, these, these days just so it's happening. But a regular meditation is what keeps me grounded. And the days that I miss it, I definitely feel when I'm a little bit scattered. And it's just coming back and reminding myself that, okay, close my eyes, 10 deep breaths. And it's amazing mm. how just closing your eyes, shutting everything down for 10 deep breaths can be enough. Obviously, there's mm. more specific practices, but what, what I like to try to offer people is simplicity because there's deeper practices in yoga. And when people do one-on-one work and stuff, happy to go through that with them. But what I find is people get overwhelmed and myself, we happen to get overwhelmed with a complexity because, you know, saying I want to go run 5k every day from zero is not really an attainable uh, Mm. goal versus saying, I just want to try running, you know, run up and down the street and then you start running up at the next street. Um, Anyway, yes. With relation to how I do it, I do that. I make sure I'm doing simple practices, but I also feel like as a teacher, what I aim to do is instead of me feel like I have to hold the space and I have to do all this big stuff with my students. If I can do my best sub about just me kind of getting in the way or out of the way and letting the class Mm. flow through me, it's less, I guess, perceived effort on my part. If Mm. that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's definitely similar to how I run groups in group therapy is if i can sit back and just watch process sort of happen and let people sort of be in their own space um that's where i see the most results and i'm i'm happy to do that yeah. i love
0: it when that happens and it happens so beautifully um yeah also you think- know i think the thing about that as well sorry to interrupt you but this is the thing that i find the most important about that method of of delivery is that if i if i show up and i'm like hey jackson let's do a class and i go and i critique and i play with and i move all the different pieces and i am the one that i, I give you the practice and i do that for you you leave thinking like, oh, Troy was a good teacher and Troy got me to do this and Troy did this for me and when Troy's class. And so you get addicted to that. And a lot of teachers, it just happens naturally. But what, what I want to do is I want to feel like I can provide the space and I want you to leave feeling like you were saying, wow, I got this farmer practice. I was able to do this because then you don't need me. You know, the idea is I don't want to build an addiction. I want, I, want there to be, um, I want there to be a quality that you feel that you have unearthed something within yourself. So that's, that's that one point I want to mention. Yeah so yeah
1: I, I, if people haven't figured it out by now we're talking about yoga you know? here <laughs> and uh, yeah. and um yeah that's just that that yoga in a sense is is means so many different things to so many people and especially in our in our western societies and i guess definitely a mm. bunch of the studios that are that are open now and, it, and it, i guess it's all whatever the facilitator brings and and makes it and and holds that space like you're saying and i think yeah pinpointed you, Troy, because I love the way that you hold it, and you' already I don't Thanks. get to ask you these questions why, while, while I'm in your practice, like, hey Troy, are you doing this because it's about holding space, you know <laughs> so, so I get to sort of pick pick yeah, apart from yeah. these things and had a pretty good idea based off I guess the energy that you have, which is um mm-hmm. cool, and I guess you're answering them for me, which I find awesome, so I guess I want you to reason with me, Troy. And, and talk to me through like the importance of yoga when we're looking at connection, mental health and well-being mm. yeah. and what that, what that means.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. Uh, I think a lot of people, you know, yoga is it's a very broad definition and there's that many different styles of yoga and, you know, people have kind of different views of what, what it is. But I think initially what happens is people want a physical change or they're feeling a little bit down, you know, in life, whatever. They come to yoga studio. You get the immediate benefits of the physical. You know, you get the endorphins. You get um, all the good things of any kind of exercise. But you stay or you come back because you start to feel something different that's kind of unquantifiable. You know, there's if if I can do my job right as a teacher, I can facilitate a space for you to have an experience of of you know flow. Like I did some um, I did a lot of research like years ago in uh, in the psychology of flow and flow states, right and mm-hmm. For lack of the you know lengthy explanation about it, it's essentially when people are completely focused in the moment. And the buzzword that gets thrown around is presence. You know, the power of now, Eckhart Tolle's book, um, you know, being present, being present, being present. We talk about being present, being present, being present, but we don't really necessarily know what it means mm. on a feeling level. We get very cerebral about it. So with mental health, what happens is let's say somebody has a busy mind or they're struggling in their mind, right? That person is sitting to meditate, it's not necessarily gonna be best practice just yet because they're just going to sit and ruminate essentially on all the stuff that's going around in their in their mind right where you get somebody to move and what happens is it releases and kind of cleanses some of the potential energy that's stuck there Mm. then they can go and sit and in those times it doesn't have to be that do this so that you can experience it i have meditative experiences during my practice but i find that if i can simply orchestrate a space where students can feel connected to their body their breath, and they're fully focused. You know, it's a principle, not just like, you know, dhyana is the the meditation term in the yoga sutras, but dharana is focused concentration. And it's a little bit skewed in this example, but if people can have a focus on, you know, something simple as aligning the body into a certain place and they're wholly focused on that one thing, yeah. it breeds a sense of, you in, in, a, in a world where, like, you know, I've got my, my phone and if I wanted to open it up, I've have however many apps and however many messaging services and I can go on to you know youtube instagram whatever and it's just more they say more content is created every minute than you know was available for the last 2000 years so we're very distracted we don't have the ability to focus and with you know there's obviously a lot more that goes into it but i feel that the ability to focus is something that's waning in society and if we can have people focusing or they can have an experience of themselves focusing I think it puts people into a better mental state. I think it brings a bit of positivity. They feel connected. You know, it's when you go out in nature and you don't have cell phone service and you feel the ground and you feel the sun and you're actually feeling all these things that we're usually detuned from. It stimulates a a total awesome shift in the mind.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're you're so right in that. And I think the, you know, the more connected we are with ourselves, the more our relationships are going to flourish and the more we're going to actually notice that we interact better with people when I'm more grounded and I'm more connected with
0: self. Hmm.
1: And I think and that,
0: that, that point, that, that point gets thrown around a lot. You know, co- coaching is a big, uh, big industry now. Right. Hmm. Um, and some of it like rightfully so this, you know, obviously everything has caveats. yoga as well, but I think, you know, I've had students over the years, you know, when right now we're doing this uh, interview in a time of crisis, right? Sort of the world is in the world is in its unideal state, let's say, sure. but people would say, you know, what's the point of doing all this movement and, you know, and focusing on me, me, me when there's, you know, people suffering and starving out there. And it's an interesting question. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with Wayne Dyer, but he was always, you know, one of the people that I remember him saying this, and it was probably somebody before him, but they said, no matter how much you starve yourself, it won't feed one person. And no matter how much you worry, it won't alleviate anybody else's pain. And it's exactly what you said is a lot of people are, are reaching for external gratification, love, etc. And, there's not the motive to do the internal work because yeah if you want to if you want to be powerful in the world you need to be connected to yourself and this is why yoga you know physical mental the energetic spiritual however you want to quantify the health side of it i think it's beautiful and i think that people definitely see results and that's why they keep coming back because it's it's like a retuning and a reminding when we get overwhelmed that i feel like okay i'm connected now i can go and do my life for example um afternoon classes 4 30 or 6 15 classes which i teach these are people often who are coming from the office they're coming from work right Mm -hmm. work work work. probably screen 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 especially these days and they show up and they're just they're a little bit frazzled and so i feel like okay i gotta teach a yoga class it's gotta be a good vinyasa class which yeah 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 but i still get a bigger picture of I have the privilege of taking this person who's probably a little bit, you know, jittery mm-hmm. and I get to detune them and soften them so that when they go to their family, they have a better experience with their family because they've had a better experience with themselves. Yeah. And that's, that's why I love doing what I do. Mm. That's so true. I mean, people used to, I mean, I was doing yoga
1: probably like five, six years ago and and it probably wasn't as popular as it's become now. and probably, probably mm-hmm. still pretty popular back then, but, um, people were like, Oh, cause I stopped going to the gym. I was just doing yoga and people were like, Oh, like, you know, that's good exercise. It's still so great for your body. And I said, the physical aspect of yoga is, is a bonus. Like that's yeah. for me, <clears throat> for me, yoga is not about the physical component or what that might do or change for my physical appearance. It's, I go in there to be with me. And I go in there and to ground, I go in there to alleviate whatever's going in and try and leave whatever's on the outside door and bring in and and just be connected with myself and the emotional resilience that that builds for me each time I go into practice. Like that's, that's what I get from yoga. And that's,
0: Mm.
1: and that's why I think it's so important when, you know, and having people talk like yourself on, on this sort of platform where we can say like yoga is about, connecting with yourself and, and, and trying mm-hmm. to have a different way
0: of being with that well-being mm-hmm. yeah. yeah amen yeah i, I think you know i that, that's valid to acknowledge there too like if i ask you a question was that what initially brought you to the practice or was that kind of you noticed that and then that's what kept you coming back to the practice
1: yeah i think um i don't know if you know pune she she teaches a living um Mm -hmm. he was teaching at fitness first and i was going to the gym and Mm. um and it was just a sunday afternoon class and i went in going oh this will be a good thing to do i'll stretch out my body and left going where can i get more of this where has this been my whole life because i i left stretched out sure you know my muscles were like oh cool you know a bit more relaxed but then i was like your brain's relaxed (laughs) yeah that's
0: that's funny man like my first class was in a in a gym as well you know i I had uh, i was going back to school so i moved in with my dad and they had a family gym membership and gym was always like you know in high school and stuff i did it for sport "Eh, don't really want to go to the gym but a friend literally said dude try yoga and it was this is something because i I trained a lot of the teachers um, many many years ago that were teaching at fitness First. And they kind of go, Oh yeah, you know, gym yoga. And I go, no, you don't get it. Like you don't get the, you don't get the opportunity you have, especially in a gym because if you've walked into my yoga studio, right. Um, uh, and you are interested in taking a class, you already have an interest in the practice. You already have a buy-in, which is cool. But in the gym, you know, that's why gym, corporate, these kind of, these, these forms are the places where you can have huge value because these are people who otherwise wouldn't go into a yoga studio yeah. and they might not have, like you said, yeah, I'm going to go stretch out. And it's not that it's, there's it nothing negative from it, but you kind of, you see it like, oh, yoga, you know, my friends, when I started teaching, they're like, oh, so you, you know, you're teaching yoga now. I go, yeah, yeah. And like, but you're smart, right? Like you're, you've studied and you're, you're smart and I go teaching yoga, you know, and it's, but it's this, it's not a, it's not a judgment, but it's a judgment. And I just kind of like, yeah, you know, like it's all good. But you once you get it, and the point of that is, you know, people who are teaching at a gym have a huge opportunity. I think people who are teaching non-yogis have a huge opportunity absolutely. to spark the journey. Mm, definitely, absolutely. I think, I think that
1: you know, there's been so many more people definitely in my life that have that have started based on, you know the feedback that they're getting or the experience that they're getting with the people that they know that are doing it and be like, okay, I want, I want what he's having. I want a little, little bit of that. And I think that that's just such a power, the power of, of, I guess, somatic therapy and alternative therapies where we can start to realize how disconnected we are from the body and the mind. And, you know, we talk a lot about that on this podcast about how disconnected we are within society with our, with our mind and our body. Oh. And, you know, you such a, beautiful place for that reconnection and actually realizing, Oh, you know, it's, Mm. this isn't a detach from my body. It actually is part of it. Yeah. 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 So, so you've been, you've been doing this for a while and I, and I, and I imagine along the way there's been people with, with different uh, mental health concerns potentially coming in and through, or, or just more noticeable stress or just, you know, a bit out of whack or whatever in in their mind, not just their their body or whatever. Do you, do you do you, do you see some of your students like the transition in their in their mental health? Maybe more specifically, like some people with like a trauma experience and what. So I look look a lot into trauma informed hmm. therapy and what that can bring. Do you do you, hmm. do you have examples or do you have have you found that with some of your students?
0: Yeah, you know it's 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 interesting because. I look at it like this. I think everybody exudes a certain, a certain energetic signature. Right. And I'm, I'm like, I love people. I'm very social. I I always try to be warm and welcoming. That's what I aim to do because I feel like there's a lot of people who are traveling through the world um, and not even necessarily with acute trauma, but a fear of, you know, being seen or showing up or, you know, um, just yeah, being, being themselves. And Mm -hmm. I feel like, those people, if they come in and it's, you know, it's a little thing, like the practice is great, but it's little things like, you know, if you're leaving and like, Oh, you know, Jackson, how are you feeling with, you know, what's going on with your shoulder? I noticed this this and it's like, Oh, I was noticed. It can shift. And it, like, you know, that this is the thing I tell teachers is that you can have huge impacts with small, um, small, I don't know, movements or assist and things like that. Um, I've seen people who have come in and they've been very, very down, you know, the, yoga attracts a lot of people who will come from, um, addictions, for example. Yeah. Um, I think about 10, 15 years ago, it was really an interesting thing to see that there was a lot of ex-heroin addicts or you know, a lot of drug addicts, alcoholics and such that would come and uh, they would get into yoga yeah. and it was a positive outlook, uh, outlet for them, but then they'd get addicted to the yoga. So it was sort of, it was healthy, but it was an unhealthy motive. Mm. Um, but even them, you know, time, you see time that it changes that. We've had people who have come you know, um, with, you know, body image, uh, you know, disorders or just mental patterning and through yoga, it's like, this is the place they need. And they've, you know, they've sent us messages after a year or two just saying, look, you guys have no idea um, how beneficial you've been. So that's amazing. I think I, I did a, I did a post a, a while back um, after i heard of a, um, a friend who had uh, taken his life and it was just, you know, just saying to people like, you know, you never know when to, what people are going through. So, if you have friends that you're not sure, ask reach out. And from that I got a lot of personal messages to me privately just saying you don't know how instrumental you've been in keeping me sane in life. Like you're one of two people that have helped and it's it's not an ego based thing, but it's like it's an honor based thing. I just go, wow, it's you, you we never know um that somebody's hanging on based on just have that that one class 3 four times a week. And when people send those kind of messages, it's really gratifying, you know, it makes, it, it makes the, the work feel richer, I suppose. And it's seeing that people have used it to, I don't know. I mean, trauma is an interesting one, you know, we, we introduced, so I, I teach and I work a lot with hands-on assists. not right now because we can't touch anybody, which is interesting. Yeah. But about a year ago, we introduced uh, we, the peg, we call it. So we you know, if you don't want to be touched, we put clothing peg on, on the mat. And it's an interesting thing, you know, on a personal level, I think there's a lot of people that have fear of touch based on you know most of the way most of the belief systems are patterned from early childhood, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, And people have had an issue. It could be a micro or macro trauma, Um, uh, you know. It's a it's whatever it is around touch, and it's kind of you know it's an interesting thing because I feel like rather than just leaving people alone, it's sort of just saying yeah yeah touch is bad and you have you have a belief that touch is bad. We probably should never touch you. And we don't want to, we don't want to go there versus having, you know, training yourself to have a calm energy, a smooth, you know, a sensitive sense of touch, a compassionate sense of touch where you can actually reintroduce people to what touch can be like. I've mm-hmm. had that experience with some students too. And I think in, in my career of, I've, I've, I don't know how many thousands of people have come in the doors, you know, probably tens of thousands of people I've seen. And I've had two people who were very, very anti, like, no, I don't want to be touched. Um, and one of them comes to mind, it was many, it was early in my career and I could feel her energy, you know, every time I'd walk through the room, just, you know, checking out, there's 70 people in the room, but she kind of look and there was this, this kind of energetic bubble of like, don't come near me, don't touch me.
1: Yeah.
0: And I didn't, and, so, and I, you know, she was safe. So as long as everybody's safe, I don't need to touch anybody. But at the end, there was this a pose where I deemed it that what she was doing was not safe on her knee, right? And like as a duty of care, I can't allow her to just get by. And I walked up and she goes, oh no, I don't want any cysts. I don't want any cysts. I you know, I was injured once. And I said, okay. So I just sat down and I said, well, you know, what you're doing right now is a little bit, you know, dodgy on the knee. Can you try to do this? And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, we'll pull this this way and put this here. And she goes, okay, what what do you mean? And I'm like, do you mind if I, you know, mind if I move you and put you on the block? And she goes, yeah. So initially like... Got the quality, just just that connective touch, and that changed the whole relationship. Yeah. So from that one experience, it's like, I don't know what the trauma it was. I don't need to know what it was, but you know, there was there was something where I think that's a great example. People we hold on to the thing of one time this happened, and now it's going to happen every time. We're projectors, right? And so if I can get in there and I can help one person alleviate one little bit of, I don't know if it's trauma or just a belief. You know, I I, I like the work of belief patterns because. Patterns of belief will inundate and like a virus spread to everything in your world. So if I can have this person believe that being touched is okay, where else are they going to believe that this is okay outside, you know, the external life
1: mm.
0: kind of roundabout answer, but. No,
1: no I, I absolutely love that. And I love the, the direction you've taken it in. Cause um, I'm definitely, you know, I work with a lot of trauma and, and find mm-hmm. how, often these beliefs are creating these distortions in their mind that, 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 really causes them more harm than good a lot of the time. And I think the, what, what I hear that the power and how you can transform that is with your, your soft and very compassionate energy that you bring, you know, sitting beside somebody and just saying like, I'm going to be here with you and everything's about safety. That's, that's what's going to create change. If You run in there trying to touch everybody, they're not going to work. Right. But it's the, the way that you do that and i think it doesn't have to be about physical touch when you create that oh. safety through that energy in in, in compassion oh. and, and and you know i guess you you mirror, you're mirroring that people are mirroring off you being able to say okay well this you know this is what i should be doing and this is what i can take from that and i love my one hour of yoga because i get to be this me that i really enjoy mm. And then I think yeah. a lot of the time what you and, and some really good other yogis will say is say, take what you're taking right now. And and how can you imp- implement that in the rest of your life? And that's what I think um, is massive with, with yoga and how it can be so amazing. Um, I, I've, I've guys that come and see me that, that had never had therapy and um, I'd only been doing yoga and they would gotten to such a, an amazing point of being present and being able to understand what was going on for them and then it, that was the step that they needed to then integrate some of that uh, talk therapy mm. with with myself and being able to understand those things and was so so powerful. Oh man, this is good. I can talking about this stuff all day. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. I will um, I wind down just a tiny little bit. I it's a silly question because mine's yoga, but um, I guess um, yours might be as well. But what are some of your like non-negotiable things that you do for self-care? Like how does Troy like look after himself? Mm. Don't say yoga.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yoga. The, I would say honestly, I, I, ocean, ocean. Like I, I'm very fortunate to live by the beach. I so grew up by the beach and you know, the ocean there's, I could talk about that all day, but um, you know, uh, like surfing swimming what like even just being near the beach it's something where the ocean is very there's there's the energetic quality to it there's the physical you know immersion in water there's acceptance of you are not in control and if you believe you are it'll tell you otherwise you know and then there's just the cleansing sense of this this beautiful salt water that dissolves everything and it just it 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 brings me back to life um Mm. yeah i think that yeah you know yeah yeah okay non-yoga um Mm -hmm. yeah that I, I like doing things. I like having stimulating conversations with people. You know, I like growing. I like learning. I like feeding my brain and feeling like I'm up. You know, my teacher always told me, "He's like you either you're either growing or you're dying," and it's really true because we're, none of us get out alive. Um, and you know I, I i would be the first to admit that i'm not perfect at it um and i have days where it's you know like the, i i the firm believe that the yoga path is not just a steady uphill climb you know it's like you you start off and you go oh this is great and then you kind of go okay i'm kind of plateauing this is good but then oh and then i don't and then i'm bummed out and what the hell's going on and then okay i'm back and it's one of these things um mm. and i i think yeah just just maintaining an open mind through meditation through teaching you know teaching is actually it's become a practice for me which is really cool for me teaching and just seeing and interacting with other bodies it, it gives me new food for my own practice um i do my own practice but it does involve a bit more kind of functional mobility stuff as well i just want to keep the body moving drink lots of water um you know i think i try to maintain a um a moderation in in lifestyle i don't try to do anything full on you know i, I do I I don't try to ascribe or describe myself. I like think that's one of the things that I'm most proud of is that a lot of people try to, you know, define themselves as I well, I'm a this or I'm I'm follow this or I'm this. Like I I'm, I'm I'll be doing that today, you know, right now I'm enjoying doing this podcast, but if tomorrow I don't want to do it, I won't do it, you know. And I think the thing is if I say I'm a podcaster if I if I label myself, um mm. it's not really useful. So what's my one of my non-negotiables is is we're working to not describe myself in definites and infinites i think that's maybe there's there's, yeah, there's a yoga concept in there but that's one thing and the ocean the ocean man
1: well, yeah gotta do it yeah i, I feel very similarly to a few of those things especially my moderation component i think um that's something i always have to reflect on in my own life in my own practice love that love those answers that's so good and you know, it's always great to hear how important and how much time people take to have self-care as part of their life and exactly a big part of if you're not growing, you're dying. If you're not growing, you got to be looking after yourself in order to grow. And, um, yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, so, Troy, you've already mentioned a couple of cool uh, key players in the, in the field of uh, the mind, but what would a go-to book be? Um, something that that's been really important and powerful for you along the way.
0: Um, look, I, I really, you know, back when I first started my practice, the book um, Siddhartha by Herman Hess, It's a one-day read. Oh yeah, um, yeah, it's amazing, and cool. it's just it's it's a it's a really good overview of of how the path can be. Um, you know, it's I guess the the quote of when someone points their finger at the moon, you look at the moon, not the finger. So I think that's pretty good. Little you know, another one day read Alchemist, like Alchemist is crucial. Um but I also I really like um I like the work of Joe Dispenza, I've been you know, read most of his books. Um they're all good. He just really talks about rewiring how your brain perceives things. And I think mm. that it's really valuable to to take that on and understand that mindset really is everything. Um
1: Yeah. That's that's so good. And 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 Troy, I know you work at, working at Power Living, but where, where can people find you? Do you have, um, I guess, yeah, Power Living, working mostly at the Neutral Bay?
0: Yeah, no, I, so I, I teach in Power Living uh, in all the Sydney studios. I'm mainly in Manly Beach. Um, I do a day at Neutral Bay and a day in Bondi Beach as well. Okay. So, yeah, that's, that's, uh, I'm full-time there.
1: Cool. And how, how else can people find you? Do you have like an Instagram or anything like that?
0: I do. I'm not the most active on, on social media um, as our, our meeting took yeah, a little no. bit longer to tee up. But yeah, I mean, occasionally I check in on, um, it's just Troy's Playground on Instagram, um, Facebook Messenger, sometimes just Troy Abraham, I guess. But yeah, I, 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 um, I have an in and out relationship with social media. I'm not very social on it. So I take regular breaks, you know, a year, a month here. Um but yeah that's a way i i i do check i check the messages periodically every once a month at least
1: mm that's a very refreshing answer Um, i'm I'm happy <laughs> with that um but uh, yeah, yeah. i yeah i will put i will put the links up to to power living yeah. and um yeah a few maybe not all of those books that yeah really uh, yeah, yeah. good ones but yeah and i'll and i'll put your yeah, little instagram choice playground on there as well um Oh, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit sad that we have to end at the end now, Troy. It, it seems so good. I'm, I'm keen to come, come into the studio, I think, next next Thursday. Yeah. Ooh, I'll be there. So, um, yeah, we yep. see you face-to-face. And, yeah, cool. it's been an honor to have you. And thank you so much for coming on. Pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. It's, it's, yeah, it's, pleasure to, it's a pleasure to speak about this stuff. And so I hope it helps. Do you want to find out more about how therapy can help you kick some goals? Go check out findreasontherapy.com.au or the Fine Reason Therapy Instagram page.